Hey, I'm Krista, and most everyone calls me Chrissy. And I'm Jesse, and thanks for joining us on From From the the Clay Clay to to Christ. Season 1, Episode 1. Been looking forward to this ever since we started talking about it. Yes, for sure. And we've been giving some thought to how we want to go, how we want this to go. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much, we're not here to tell you Bible stories. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> because there's a lot of stories in the Bible, mm-hmm. but they apply to our life. Today. So it's not just yeah. some far out there, far reaching story that with no... What do you call it? Meaning. Yes. Yeah. It's it's got the stories. It's got life. It's the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. Right. So we're gonna be injecting some humor from time to time, but not the sitcom syndrome where it goes from doom and gloom to rainbows and unicorns flying out of our butts. Yes. Did I just say that? You just said that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, you know, within a 30-minute window, so this episode will more or less be an introductory episode. We'll be sharing our testimonies, so that way you'll get to know us and know that you're dealing with real people and real experiences. Uh, just bear in mind that we're both pushing 50. Yes. Which means we're pretty direct. Yes. So, you know, gray hair don't care. That's anyway, right. <laughs> so before my mouth gets me into any more trouble... And I break my New Year's resolution. (laughs) (laughs) Chrissy, go ahead and get us started off. Okay. So, my story is the story that God wrote for me. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking a lot on our, just the story for a few months now. But yeah, that's our story. The one that God wrote for us. Even before we got saved, God started the introduction. I like that. So, it's Mm -hmm. pretty neat. I've always kind of been kind of my own person. We were just kind of talking about this and yeah. I tried to fit in here and there and it just didn't work. I really didn't just, I didn't fit anywhere really. Mm. And so I kind of did my own thing and long story short, started drinking way before it was legal mm. age. Me too. <laughs> and I was totally done with it by the time I was 22. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I tell people, I'm like, I was... I uh, started drinking. I was an alcoholic. I got my almost died story and was done by the time I was 22. Mm. So I didn't know much about God and church and all that. was exposed here and there as a child, but nothing much to speak of. Mm-hmm. And uh, after my almost died story, my cousin and aunt started going to church. And then my parents, my sister, they were all going and they were trying to get me to go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. fun with that. <laughs> right. So... I think my mo- almost died story happened in there somewhere. When you were going to church? or No, it was before. Before, okay. So um, before I went to church, I would, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that happened. about. I think it was about a month before. Okay. Because it was right before my 22nd, or right at my 22nd birthday. Hmm. There was a lot of weird stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had dreams about my uncle and grandpa who had died. Never dreamed of them. They, dream- they died when I was seven. Wow. And I had dreams of them, and it was a reoccurring. I woke up three times, and it started back up again in a different place. Really? So one of one part, I was in my car, and uh, I was down by, this is back before the interstate went in, and, and but McAdoodles was down there, and I was coming up on McAdoodles. This is in my dream. 
And these cars were getting ready to hit me head on. And just before they hit me, they would disappear. But I could look in my rearview mirror and see them. They're taillights. Mm-hmm. And it was just weird. And I seen this car sitting on the opposite side of the road on the shoulder. And it drew my attention. So when I drove by, I looked. And the person sitting in it was my uncle. Wow. Who was killed when I was seven. And he was just disappointed. You could see it in his face. Hmm. And, but it kept going on. And so my mom, she goes, you never dreamed about them. It's like, no. You know, he died a week before his 22nd birthday. Whoa. It's like, uh, we're like two or three weeks before my 22nd birthday. And so hmm. it started freaking me out. And I was overcome with, really, I was afraid a lot. And so I even quit going to Arkansas. I wouldn't go that way <laughs> hmm. just because I didn't drive a lot. So the last the last night of my drinking, it was uh, me and another friend. A bunch of us had a birthday real close to each other. So we all picked the night to go down to the awesome Shadow Lake. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome place. We drank and drank and drank. And I thought as long as I wasn't driving the car, I would live. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't need to be afraid of this dream I had, you know. Mm-hmm. So we go, we go have this night of whatever, and uh, then we went and ate breakfast. And I come home, and I looked in the mirror, and it looked like I'd had a stroke. The left side of my face had dropped. I had all these weird red dots all over my face. Hmm. And I looked it up, and it said it was alcohol poisoning. And I was like, I'm done. This is stupid. That's yeah. a stupid reason to die. Right. So that was my moment that. I was just done. Hmm. But I know going back and looking that I know God had his hand all over this stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I went to church and quit because I went to church, then I probably wouldn't. It never would have stuck. I had this almost died moment. Mm -hmm. And I I won't turn back from it because of that. Right. So mom and dad, they started going. Mom's going to be baptized. She asked if I would come. I was like, fine, I'll go. It's important to you. But God did something that day. And my dad got saved that day and let me see. Hmm. And I was like, what is this? What's ha- what's happening? Because for dad to cry, for this to go on, for dad to do anything like this in front of people, it was right. just like, there's something real here. Yes. I don't know what it is, but... That don't happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that would have been towards the end of August, uh, September 28th. I know the date. September yeah. 28th, 1998. Yep. September 13th, 1998. Sorry. Mm-hmm. September 13th. Yep. I think 28th is, because I was telling you, I couldn't remember if the 28th is when I got baptized or saved. Thir- the 13th is when I got saved. Mm-hmm. 28th is when I got baptized. Okay. But uh, so the 13th, the church had invited this group in to play music, and my mom knew I was interested in music, so I went. And the whole time, God just dealing with me, and I didn't know at the time, but I do now, but I knew something was happening, and mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. So this guy who's singing and playing, he's doing this altar call, and I'm like, well, this guy don't even go to church here, so I'm not, I'm not answering him. <laughs> Just, but I knew it. I knew I needed to go. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's this that one little thread that you're gonna hang on to. And I'm like, he don't, he don't even go to church here. If the pastor does the altar call, then I'll go. 
and like 10, 15 minutes later, there's a pastor doing an altar call. And I've got this voice in my head going, remember what you said? Remember what you said? Mm -hmm. Fine. (laughs) So I stepped out of my chair. And a lot of people, they really emphasize this prayer. They really Mm -hmm. emphasize going up there. Yeah. That prayer is just your confession of your faith Mm -hmm. because salvation absolutely happened the moment I took that step out of the chair. Yes. And I know that Mm -hmm. because there was a weight that I had on me that I didn't even know was there, but Mm -hmm. once it was gone, I knew it was gone. Right. And so it has been, we'll see, let's do the math quick. Is there a way to do quick math? We're in 13, 14, that's seven. So 27 Good job. 27 years. That's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) But God has done a big work. Um, I know when I first got saved, it felt like God had put me in this bubble. Mm -hmm. And I was being protected from things. But it was a a season that he had put me in to allow me to grow and be strengthened and to learn. And... I remember when that bubble, I started getting out of this bubble because mm-hmm. the first thing that happens, like this little five-year-old told me to F off. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> Five-year-olds talk like that? <laughs> what are you talking about? We talk. No, I'm just I kidding. know. But it just, it'd been maybe a year or two, I guess, that I didn't realize I was in a bubble till I had a five-year-old tell me to F off. And I was like, what the, what the, what happened? Kind of dropped your jaw. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and so I was like, Whoa. But had it not been for that time that God gave, it probably, (laughs) there's a lot of things that probably would have went different, you know. And I think back, what God's done, just because there's stuff that, like my death story there. Mm -hmm. um, But a friend, me and some friends, one night we were, and I do not condone or whatever. Is condone right? Yeah, that's the right word for what you're about to say. (laughs) Ouija boards. Yeah, I don't know. And one night we were playing with it, and we there was stuff happening, but we're stupid. I don't know. And my other friend, the smart one, she comes in, and she's like, what the freak are you doing? So she, gra- she grabs his board, and she leaves. And the rest of us are like, how dare she? So you could go to Walmart and get a Ouija board and a game board aisle. So we you were like, didn't. We, we headed out. Oh, my <laughs> we word. We were going to go. Wow, but man. I'm of the age that I wasn't supposed to be out after dark. <laughs> Or 10 o'clock, whatever. So we took all the back ways. And from Pineville to Neosho, mm-hmm. the back way was uh, eight hours, seven and a half hour. Really? And a full tank of gas. I didn't realize it was that far. Well, it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't think nothing of it. I mean, we were lost. So you don't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. But after I got saved... Our church used to kind of fellowship with the church up in Monette, mm-hmm. and we go up to this church, and I'm like, wait, this road seems very familiar. That house looks really familiar. And I'm like, this is the same route that we took that night we got lost. And so the route was W Highway mm-hmm. out to Longview okay, to Wheaton. Mm-hmm. And then you cut, I think it's 97 that takes you to Purdy. And then you cut over to 37 to Monette. Now, granted, I I missed a turn uh, off CC there. (laughs) 
that takes you out Owl Road right there mm-hmm. by Crowder. I missed that turn. Oh. That's yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. we ended up in Monette. Almost ran. Well, I pulled into Granby on fumes, and at that time it was seven seven thirty in the morning, and we left Pineville at midnight. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So then we go over to this church. Forty five minutes to get to Monette. Same freaking route. And I go back to my friend that was with me that night. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. So we couldn't explain what had actually happened. I mean, if any, if you tell anybody, they think you're crazy. But yeah. we had to have been, because we both, I said, you remember that one house? And she's like, the one with the fence and blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. How many times did we pass that house? And she's like, that was like the only house on the route. And I was like, I know. Yeah. But it was like we just kept going by that same exact house, but we never turned off that road. So I don't wow. have an explanation for it other than getting in this weird, weird stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, caught in some sort of time loop or weird thing where God had his hand in it and we probably weren't supposed to make it through that night. Yeah. And he made sure we did. But I can't explain that night to you at all. Mm-hmm. But I know what happened that night and I know several years later, but God did something. I just right. don't know. And he had a plan for all of us. And that's the thing is people may be going through a rough time now, but they don't understand God's got a plan for them mm-hmm. where, right. right where they are, whether they're saved or not, because we don't know what the future holds. I didn't know what my future held then, but I know a little bit more now, but I still mm-hmm. don't know what God's got going. I'm just yeah. kind of along for the ride and trusting him right now. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And remaining blameless as much as possible. Yes. Yeah. Because that, those two... That key phrase, uh, what was it? Remain blameless and be nice. Yeah. That was it's a challenge. It is a challenge. <laughs> but it's doable. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, you know, and then a lot of times people tell you, you get on this walk and everything's roses and cranberries or whatever. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, we have rough times, but I know when that I started stepping out of this bubble that I was like, man, things are starting to get a little rough here. And God, I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so there's about three messages that he gave me. Two of them was in a dream that I still remember just as clearly as the day they happened. And the first dream, I was going over, I was on this dirt road. And it's actually where they built the new highway, that mm-hmm. road that cuts off back there. Okay. Which the friend I'm talking about, they didn't even live there. But in the dream, they lived there. And their kid's birthday party was on top of this hill. And you had to scale this freaking hillside with all these rocks. And I'm trying to crawl up it. And I keep sliding down. And I'm crawling up. And this man shows up. And he says, if you'll follow me, I'll show you an easier way. Hmm. I was like, okay. So I followed him up this hill. And we just tromped right up to the top of the hill. And we get up there, and I turn to thank him, and he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And I wake up, and I was like, okay, was that Jesus? If I follow Jesus, he'll show me an mm-hmm. easier way instead of me trying to fight and struggle all the time. So, mm-hmm. and then there was another one I had. I was, like, in this weird, strange country, and there was this car going real slow. And I, was, I remember in the dream, I was like, God, oh, they're going to kill me. I'm not supposed to be out here. And he just said, I'll cause you to become what you need to be 
in order to survive. Interesting. And I cr- I come around this corner, and as soon as I come around this building corner, the wind just hit me so hard. I just woke up and I was gasping for air. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I never really got to fly before. And we were down in Arkansas. We were going to be flying to Georgia. And there was a storm in between. So mm-hmm. they made us uh, delayed for like 45 minutes or something. So finally, we got to get up in the plane. And it's gray skies, stormy, raining. Mm-hmm. So we get up there. And they get above the storm. And it's just sunshiny. And I was like... Well, what the heck? This is cool. You can, yeah. you know, you don't even think about it. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And just this voice, I, I know it was God. And he said, no matter the storm, the sun's still shining. I was like, dude, the sun is still shining when it's storming outside. Yeah. I mean, God, Jesus is still around. He's still taking care of us. So those, there's a few things that God's given me through the years that... Sometimes that's all I've got to hold on to. Right. I mean, we have the word, mm-hmm. but we also have all these things are just, be, you know, your the words over there in a the corner. Yeah. But you have those things that God's told you mm-hmm. that he's just embedded into your heart and you can come back and go, boom. Right. I remember what you said. <laughs> yeah. So and that's awesome. When that happens. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't know. That's just a little short portion of my big story <laughs> but just kind of let because there's going to be some people that listen to this and they're like i don't that ain't who i remembered i'm not who mm-hmm. i'm not who i used to be yeah and i'm proud to say that right because god's done a big big work oh yeah and uh there's some people that they're really lucky i'm not who i used to be yes <laughs> i can say that too <laughs> <laughs> so for now, that's my story there. Awesome. Just the intro and cool. a little bit about how life's been. And then what's yours? Oh, boy. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> so uh, my background on how I came to Christ, I was raised in church all my life. Uh, Banner Nazarene was where I grew up listening to a slew of sermons. And Sunday school lessons from various teachers, pastors, and evangelists over the course of well, 43 years. I've been at Zion for four, maybe. Has it been that long already? I know. May- yeah. That's about right. Goodness me. <laughs> Time. <laughs> wow. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> my uh, great-grandparents were some of the original members of Banner and uh, my uncle Dennis is the current pastor, so my family roots run pretty deep there. Uh, when I was young, I thought being a Christian meant you go to church, put a little bit of money in the offering plate that they send around, sing a few songs, hear some testimonies, listen to the preacher, and pray, and off you go till the next uh, service, which was Sunday night or Wednesday night. Um uh, Oh, and also the the rules here, don't cuss, smoke, drink, or chew, and stay away from those you do. <laughs> so, I think I, I, <laughs> I think I was about 12 or 13 years old, probably 13 when I felt that tug, you know, the tug you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian, you're familiar with the tug. The tug. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
but uh, there's something more to those rules and rituals. There's got to be a deeper reason why, you know, you're going through the motions because I was like, surely people aren't doing this because they like it. Yeah. <laughs> there's well, got to be a different, there's got to be something better. for Jesus. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have mercy on my soul. <laughs> But uh, gotta be good on this one, right? I yeah, you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had have been more vocal, uh, probably in the past couple of years, just because some events, you know, that have happened uh, about my ongoing battle with depression, and uh, it's been with me all my life, even before I even knew what it was. Uh, I just didn't see the world or my environment the way others did or even people in my age group did. And I grew up with a very pessimistic disposition. And uh, in fact, I was hospitalized for depression and suicidal ideations for about a month when I was 12. And life in and of itself just did not make sense to me at all. And I saw everything as temporary, and if it's temporary, then what's the meaning to it? Right. So I was asking questions like that to myself when I was, you know, 12 and younger. But even, like I said, at such a young age, there had to be something more. Otherwise, why live? So uh, thankfully, I had some adults in my life that picked up on these things and I remember our junior high teacher, I'm not going to call her out by name because I didn't clear that with her, <laughs> but you probably know who I'm talking about. But uh, we actually became good friends, and she was really a good friend to me during those dark years, and I still consider her a good friend. But uh, I'll never forget one day when she specifically said, Satan has been after you since you were conceived. Wow. And I just was like, you know, what are you talking about? Even though in deep inside, I knew that was true. And uh, to my knowledge, she really didn't know much about my past, if anything, to have made a statement like that. So, you know, looking back now, I mean, it had to have been the Holy Spirit giving her that much of a revelation about my life. Yeah. So... Regardless of all the stupid stuff I did in my 20s, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there were times I should have been dead, but uh, I almost died when I was four months old. I just got really super sick with some type of virus, and I remember my mom and my grandparents telling me that they didn't think I'd make it. Um, I got a severe case of chicken pox when I was five, which left permanent scarring on my face, and of course it caused a lot of kids I went finally got to go back to school uh, to be astonished, poke fun, as kids do. And uh, that was pretty rough, especially when you'd heard, oh, you know, you have such a pretty complexion. And I thought, okay, that's gone, you know. Not to mention uh, being biracial in a county that is known for racism. No. Oh. <laughs> and... I, in particular, racism against blacks, and I realize that this is going to be hard for some people to hear who have a more idyllic, warmer view of this area, which uh, I did have in the protection of my home or with trusted friends and family. You know, like I didn't feel threatened when we were hanging out and I was over at your house or vice versa. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that was safe space for me, but I certainly did not have the good experiences outside of that realm of protection. So um, I remember specifically being called a nigger from students and even overheard certain teachers referring to me in that manner all throughout school, including high school. Yeah. So when I was in kindergarten, I heard the word nigger, and I had no idea what that meant. No clue, because that was language that was not used in my household. Mm -hmm. It was not used in my protective realm. So combine, combine that with the fact that I didn't know who my father was, nor did I know that I had an older brother just 30 minutes away until I was 12 years old. Wow. And naturally, there was trust broken with adults and even some peers because it made me wonder what people knew about my history that I did not. And so I began to get very, very angry at everybody. Yeah. And to this day, I still have to tell that voice in the back of my mind to shut up and take authority over it because the monster Mm -hmm. (laughs) there wants to say, okay, keep talking because I'm filing every freaking word away that you say to me, and it's going to be used as an arsenal against you. It's like, you know, get or be gotten kind of thing. But uh, the Holy Spirit has helped me to keep that in check, and I don't like myself at all when I get that way, and trust me, nobody else does either. (laughs) So. Um, but yes, I had to develop a thick skin at an early age if I was going to make anything of myself. But underneath all of that, I knew there was more. Uh, I just didn't know how to get it. I didn't know what I was missing. So I started asking my Uncle Dennis questions. And in particular, what does it mean to be saved? I didn't know what that meant. So it was, is it like a one-time prayer at the altar and you go up there and shed a few tears and snot all over everybody and does that get you in the club? Uh, Club, yes. (laughs) A club, but not the club. (laughs) So, A club, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, how do I even know that being quote-unquote saved is even meant for me? And what, if I do take that step, what's that mean for my life? So those were questions that I wrestled with and they would not leave me alone. So I had the proverbial white knuckles. Uh-huh. Not the I mean I got brown knuckles, but I could say white knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> so, you want to fit me? Okay, cool. <laughs> so but I knew if I passed that up I'd be making a horrible mistake. Yeah. So let's skip to June 10th, 1990. It's like you know those dates. Yeah. And it was a Sunday night. I was 14 years old, and I remember that another reason distinctly because it was my Aunt Charlene's birthday, and they were kind of having a a party for her, maybe like a surprise party or something at their house when they lived in Goodman. But little Jesse being little (laughs) Jesse, I held my uncle up at church because I was ready. I knew it was time. And uh, so he prayed through with me, and... I asked Jesus into my heart. We did that at my great-grandfather, which would have been his dad, on his headstone. We knelt right there. Uh, My Grandpa Lee was an amazing man of God. Uh, Dennis cried. I cried. People who know our family, we're not criers. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> especially in front of other people. But I knew that there was a major change, and I saw things differently. It was just like a gray film over everything, but the colors were all of a sudden vibrant, yes. and they were alive. And even on rainy, dreary days, they're still vibrant and alive to me. Isn't it crazy? I know. It's weird. So, um, I mean, I wish I could say that I always lived the perfect Christian life uh, after I'd gotten saved, but... I had my personal turmoils. I made stupid decisions. There's tons of bumps in the road. Went through my bouts of anger toward God. Uh, got into some drug use for a while. Drank tons of alcohol, normally alone. Had a handful of relationships that were horrible mistakes from the word hello. I wish I would have just kept walking. Uh, but God uh, kept me during those times of being the prodigal daughter. So it wasn't until a few years ago, after losing my grandfather, who was more of a dad to me, that I just said, I'm going with Christ all the way into hell with everything else. Mm -hmm. And I meant that. Yeah. Um, it's been a process. So COVID was sort of a blessing because it helped me to kind of weed out things that were petty and distracting that had been filling my life. Yeah. And... um Help me to know the difference between friends and associates. Mm -hmm. It also, uh, my circle got smaller when I got saved, as it does. It does, yes. And then when you start making those solid, rock-solid decisions, you know, it, it still gets smaller. Yeah. It's very unfortunate, too. Because yeah. it's like, you know, I'm done playing church. It's yeah, me and Jesus all the way, you know. So, uh I want to be around people. I want to be an encouragement to people. I want to be around people who are an encouragement to me, encouraging my walk with Christ. And likewise, I encourage their walk. And, you know, we challenge each other to be better than the day before. Um, yeah, and that goes, I mean, it's been used over and over and over again, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. um, somebody stand in a chair and you try to pull somebody up and then mm -hmm. somebody try to pull you down. Who's going to win? Right. The person trying to pull you down every single time. Yep. So you got to be careful to not allow yourself into those mm -hmm. because you personally are not pulling anybody up anyway. It's right. the Holy Spirit working through you and the mm -hmm. word of God that pulls people out of the miry clay. Exactly. So from the clay to Christ. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, does being a Christian make life easy? Absolutely not. In fact, in some ways, my life has gotten harder and will, you know, probably address not my situations, but just the overall attitude and the misconception that, you know, you become a Christian, it's smooth sailing. Yeah. Let's just kick back and enjoy a cocktail and <sighs> enjoy the sunshine and blessings. It doesn't work that way. Uh, John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Yep. Uh, you can look at all the heroes of the faith, look at Jesus' own life, look at martyrs uh, from the past and even today. Uh, living for Jesus and allowing him to be Lord is not for sissies. No. Who was the one that was, is it Paul? They got locked up in prison? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't cry in no jail cell? No. <laughs> Matter of fact, he ministered to the guard who was trying to kill himself because Paul got out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I mean, asking Jesus to be Lord of your life isn't a one-time thing. He's not just your Savior. He must be accepted as King. So the Lord over your life, it's it's a daily conscious decision 
sometimes you may have to make an hourly decision. Sometimes I've had to make a minute-by-minute decision. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, especially Uh, when I'm driving. Right, exactly, especially (laughs) around here. (laughs) It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. When you make the decision that Jesus is Lord of your life, that's it. doesn't matter what life throws at you. doesn't matter what the doctor says or what your bank account says. If your roof leaks... You hit it, dear. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if people around you seem to be getting your blessings while you're still struggling. Jesus is still Lord. Yep. Even in spite of what your Job-like friends may be telling you, and we've all got them. Uh-huh. The ones that mean well, but they tear you down more than they build you up. Yep. <laughs> so I think for the theme for me is that I feel Jesus' question is, are you really mine? Uh just like when Jesus asked Peter three times in John 21, I think it's 15 through 16, if he really loved him. Yeah. Uh, another verse, which is the scariest verse in the Bible to me, is Matthew seven twenty three, when Jesus says, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Yeah. Uh, going through the motions isn't enough. No. It's got to be a total change of the heart. So I believe that God wants to do amazing things this year in each and every one of our lives. The sad thing is, I don't know if people truly want to see that. Because that means you're in a place of total surrender. Yes. So You may uh, have to give some things up. Right. And, you know, the abundant life doesn't happen when you get to heaven. It can happen now. Yeah. But you've got to want it. And we have authority in Christ, and we need to start using it. You don't have to sit in the corner sucking your thumb and crying the blues. You know, you can get some good songs out of that, but that's about it. Well, I think one of the things that we need to talk about is the difference between what God calls a blessing and what we call one. Yeah, that's that's two different things. Yes. I do believe so because Mm -hmm. the the prosperity message is so rampant. Oh, yeah. If you're not living in a mansion, you're not blessed by God. And I think we need to go back and revisit that a little bit about what the Bible actually says about right. this. Right, right. Anyway, sorry. No, that was a good interjection. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus isn't a religion or a hobby that you give it a try and it doesn't work out. You know, uh, move on to the next thing. I think I'll be a Buddhist next week. Or wait, i got to call my psychic. I like that strawberry daiquiri. I think I'll try pineapple next yeah, week. <laughs> right. So, no, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you got to be all in. Yep. And why? Just take a simple look at the cross, and you'll know what being all in is. He yep. went in all in for us. Can I just get a staple on my toe and we count it good? Uh, no. <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You know how some people do think that, though. hmm But uh, anyway, that's just my little take on, or my little story on how I came to Christ and my little testimony there. So uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Yvonne because last Sunday she said something about how things keep changing. And even over the past year, you can see how much has changed and we're, I don't want to bring politics into it, but we're in an election year. Uh-huh. So there's going to be some stuff going on, I'm sure. But um, we can be thankful and have peace in the fact that God never changes. That's right. So, I mean, it, 
and that is that stability that you're chasing all your life is right there with God. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, my worst day as a child of God is still better than any other day I've lived without him. Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely. And the thing is, every person on the face of this earth on the face of this earth has that void Mm -hmm. that they're trying to fill that can only be filled by god right and i know myself personally nothing i ever tried worked it was always temporary then on to the next thing right but the day i left my chair that morning i left Mm -hmm. my chair to walk down i knew this was it yep i knew it and that's what i'd been missing and i would tell people and they're like oh yeah that's great but I don't know how to talk to you anymore. Mm. Did you ever get that? Yeah. Uh, like, I just don't know who you are anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I I know what happened to me is mm. absolute and it's real. Yeah. So, um, and there was that thought in the middle of that decision, but it went really quickly because mm. I knew whatever was happening to me had never happened before, but it yeah. was absolute real. So if I lost friends over it, I lost friends. Yeah. And unfortunately, some family mm-hmm. over. But I know yeah. at the end of the day, the real deal mm-hmm. <laughs> with the difference between what's real and what's not. And God's given us that discernment to kind of weed through these things. Mm-hmm. And he also gives us that discernment so that we can look for those opportunities to talk to people. Right. Because I know there's one person I was friends with kept coming around here and there and mm-hmm. God would give me something to say every single time and they would disappear with the wind. Mm. But God's not through yet. Right. I haven't given up on that person. Mm-hmm. And there's people, I just don't give up on people because they may, they may show up on the doorstep. Right. That's someday. true. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, we're just going to keep going forward. Yeah. And, uh, Keep going forward one step at a time. So even if they're baby steps. Yeah. Just as long as you're moving forward. That's right. So what is it? No man puts his hand to the plow and turns back is fit for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Is what it says. So yeah. Moving forward. So this about wraps it up for our first episode and we hope you got something encouraging out of it. If you like what you heard, please share it with others. Uh, new episodes are going to be going up weekly. So until next time, and we're borrowing this sign off from our pastor till we can come up with something. That's right. Keep, Keep the, the faith, faith and stay, stay in, in grace. grace.